This is The Culture Code with Kevin Cruz, founder and CEO of LeadX, the platform that helps you scale and sustain a high-performance culture. Welcome, everyone. If you don't know, I'm Kevin Cruz. I'm the founder of LeadX, where our crazy, audacious mission is to spark the next 100 million leaders around the world, with your help, of course. We love leadership development that gets sky-high participation, that people will tell you is the best learning experience they ever have. Most of all, we like leadership development that moves the needle on behaviors, moves the needle on business outcomes. We partner with you to do that through live workshops, executive coaching, and of course, LeadX Cloud. But that's the only advertisement you're going to get today. This is a community of practice without vendors, coaches, consultants. We want you to be able to chat openly and honestly and meet with peers in the breakouts. So this is an invitation-only community of practice. If you are here with a borrowed link, welcome. We want to get to know you, and maybe we can chat afterwards about the community so that we can have you back appropriately in the next one. And another audacious goal is that we want this to be your favorite meeting of the month. We want this to be a not-miss meeting. So that's our goal, and we want feedback from you at all times and how we can fulfill that for you. I want to also introduce, many of you know him from the previous ones, but for the newbies out there, my co-host, my partner in crime, my good friend, Director of Sales Training Development at Hologic, Dwayne Bess. How you doing, Dwayne? I'm doing well, Kevin. I'm doing well. How are you doing, my friend? Doing good. I just got back from Cambridge, Massachusetts, Boston, yesterday morning. It's all kind of blurring together. Had an interesting thing. It kind of sparked some interesting conversations. So we were delivering a workshop to a life science company on executive presence. And at one point we said, hey, think back through your career. Who do you know that has an incredible executive presence? And someone in the crowd yells out, BJ Jones. And I'm like, because it's not the company that BJ's at. I'm like, ah, someone must have worked with BJ. Now, you know BJ Jones, right? I do. I do. And so- you would, would you also say BJ's got high executive presence? Yes, he does. So it sparked this whole con. I've been thinking about this for 24 hours. We won't go too deep in this. We're just getting everyone warmed up. Like, what is executive? What is the it factor? Right. And so for mm-hmm. me, like a lot of it is kind of how someone carries themselves, body language, mm-hmm. maybe even how they dress and appearance. I spoke to uh, an old business partner yesterday who's worth like a gazillion dollars. And he said, no, no, it's like an aura. It's a force field. And I'm like, what are you talking about, Rudy? You can sense it with your eyes closed. He's like, yes, you can. Like that, that seems ridiculous to me. So what does executive presence mean to you, Dwayne? Like, how do you notice it when you see it? You know, it's, it's interesting you say that. I'd say 18 months ago, I said to myself, I said, Dwayne, let's strengthen your executive presence. The Ooh, reason why this. because I... I found myself speaking to a lot of you know, the president a lot. I was presenting to my president a ton on just different global initiatives we were doing. I'm like, I got to just tighten it up. So I said, you know what? I had a misconception of what it was. Mm. And I, I said to myself, I'm like, where I'm in my career, do I want to sacrifice who I am to like be something I'm not? I'm not really looking to do that. So I really start looking in and researching and reading on what it really was. And one of the main things that I found was that you know, executive presence has a great deal to do with authenticity as well. It's your ability to be who authentically you are and convey that to individuals, but keep it in mind, kind of like the fold of 
the organization importance, you know, where your people are, where you are in the whole nine, but can you not lose yourself? It's like the whole thing. Can you talk with Kings and not lose your common touch, but also Mm. work with the common man and not right. So that's what I think of as executive presence, that ability to be able to converse and connect with a CEO, just like the janitor in your authentic self. And when I kind of looked at it that way, I was a lot more excited to go on that journey. Dwayne, I released the preacher Dwayne Bass. I love this, right? <laughs> Converse with kings and not lose the common touch. You're on a roll. i ready to go solo. Look at you. <laughs> You're crazy, Kevin. <laughs> yeah, I love that authenticity, right? Because we can't try to sure. copy someone else. We can't yeah. be someone we can't. But I don't know. I mean, it's been churning. Like to me, I don't believe my friend Rudy. Like I think it's something that we see, that we observe. But part of it, some people have presence before they speak. And then others, certainly when they speak, they can command a room. I was curious what everyone thought. Like, what is this it factor? How do we know it? Yeah, it's (laughs) Trish Ward just said, and Riz. Hey, Trish, take yourself off microphone for a second. Trish, where are you? Yes, sir. I'm here. Okay, so I don't know if I... There you are, Trish. Okay, so not... You're killing me. All right. So what do you mean by Riz? How This has been in the news this last week. Not everyone will know. Yeah. Hot off the presses. It was, um, was it Merriam-Webster's? I think. Yeah. Their word of the year. And I had to read it because I wasn't familiar with it. And it's a short term for charisma. Charisma. So all the cool kids call it Riz. You've got Riz. some Riz, right? That's right. It was the Oxford. Okay. Thanks, Diane. Oxford's word of the year. Thanks, Trish. That is great. Yeah. Who has Riz? How do we recognize Riz? If anybody's got excess Riz, send it my way. I could use some, please. Thank you. That's what I want from Santa. Hey, everyone. In a minute, we have a very cool case study, and we owe her special thanks. I'll get into it. We had a last-minute substitution. So we're going to be hearing about a phenomenally successful Emerging Leader program, and then we're going to be doing a breakout session related to AI after that. But first... We've got the announcements we need to go through. Some fun announcements. And I'm going to invite my producer, Evan, to come and share some of this. So this is a reminder. We've, we've tried to communicate this over the last couple of months, that moving forward, we have a little bit of a different COP format. So two out of three meetings each quarter are going to be the traditional, you know, everyone's invited, but they're going to be a little shorter. They're going to be 60-minute sessions. We'll do a case study like always. We'll do one networking breakout instead of two. Q&A. So we're tightening those up. And then one out of every three meetings of the quarter is what we're calling Peer Connect. So this is for LeadX clients and invites only, where we're going to have more focused working sessions and peer conversations. For example, the first one in March, we've got the legendary Dan Goleman has a new book out. We're going to have Dr. Daniel Goleman be the guest speaker. And then we're going to do a case about making EQ sticky in your organization the breakout, and then the vault item will be attendance at a free LeadX EQ workshop. So we haven't planned out beyond um, Q1, but just a reminder, so we're moving into this new format. Just keep an eye on your emails and calendars, and you'll see the new flow moving forward. Hey, Evan, I want to congratulate you. We have a new magazine out, right? Yes. Did anyone get one in the mail yet? Because Evan, I do not have a physical magazine in my hand. Yeah, they just shipped out this week. Um, all right. So I think, all right. I think we'll I, be seeing some come through soon. Okay, cool. And digitally, they went out, what, yesterday? Yes. Yeah, we just, we launched Wednesday via email to everyone in the community, and then Thursday on LinkedIn. 
And how's this one different than the previous issue? Well, it's double the length is the biggest thing. So elves have been busy, Evan. You and your elves have been busy. Yeah, so we padded every section is double its length. And then we also added a whole new section, which is learn from the experts. And so this round, we have Dr. Travis Bradbury, who's like the emotional intelligence guy, and he wrote a piece. And then we have Kevin Thomas, who's our in-house coach and OD expert, wrote a piece about self-coaching for leaders. And Dr. Paul Marciano did a really nice piece on coachability. And then Carl Kapp did a really nice piece on tech and upskilling. Dr. Carl Kapp is, is great. Have we had him on as a, as a guest? I can't remember if we had him. No, 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 we should though. Yeah, he's great. All things games, simulations and things. Evan, like everybody is reading my mind. Karen saying Stellar Magazine. Kari, it's everything I want to do with leadership development in one place. Lynn, Bradbury's article was great. Kari, it's really good product. Yeah, we're really proud. This is only our second issue, so we've come a long way. Everybody knows we like to iterate, and um, this is phenomenal. Friendly reminder, everyone, we are still cranking out episodes of the Culture Code podcast. Find it wherever you like to listen to podcasts. Perfect for your two-day-a-week commute to the office if you're in hybrid schedule or your treadmill. Evan, how many interviews have we done? published. We're like just over 40. And we've probably got at least 10 more in the queue coming through uh, over the next month, month and a half. Awesome. Yeah. So we're getting really good feedback on the the podcast as well. Now we've got an update. So for those of you who weren't at the last one, we are doing the free vault thing is um, a free showcase of the SL2 workshop in January. It's the full thing. We, you know, people signed up for it and too many people signed up for it. So we have like a wait list. So if you're interested in evaluating SL2 for your organization and you want to go through it yourself, shoot an email to, um, I don't know, Evan at at leadx.org, Kevin at leadx.org, and we'll add you to the wait list. But we've had to work with Blanchard because they're not used to people giving away this workshop. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) they're not used to us doing that. So we had to work some things out with them. And Evan, we had to shift the dates. Is that right? Right. Yeah. So we're, we previously had January 23rd to 25th, and we're going to have to shift it back to the 30th to February 2nd. So that's a Tuesday to a Thursday. All right. So if you signed up previously, notice that we've got a new set of dates. We're going to make you reconfirm that you can attend those dates. If you would like to participate in a future one and join the wait list, then uh, shoot an email to one of us and uh, we'll get you on that list. Was that the last thing we had? Oh, no, of course not, Evan. We saved the best for last. So every year, LeadX does the definitive benchmark survey specifically around leadership development. Sure, sure. Other names out there like Burson and Blanchard and Gartner do other benchmarks, but this is tied specifically to leadership development. Last year, if you participated in it, if your company participated in it, then you got the full report, which shows everything from average budget spend, headcount, top topics and competencies, top challenges. This one's better because we took the questions you gave us from the last COP and added it. So I think like one of the new questions is around which of your programs are generating the strongest participation and engagement right now. So you're going to find out what's hot right now in the community. But Evan, is everybody going to get the full report? 
No, so you have to fill it out to get it. <laughs> so there are a thousand people in this community of practice. We have received about 80 completions as of now. We can do better than 80. I feel like I'm on PBS, like asking for money or something, right? <laughs> we need like that thermometer or something to, to fill up to the top. Send everyone a tote bag if they do this. So how long is it going to take for people to fill this out, Evan, do you think? Do we know that? Yeah, it's like five to 10 minutes. Five to 10 minutes. That's not bad. And do we have a link to, there it is. So JM, Ross, some people, there's a link that was dropped in the chat to fill it out. I'll um, drop it again. Yeah, thanks. We certainly don't want to lose you right now, but if you want to click that link to open up in a different browser window, all the questions are optional. So if you're not comfortable sharing, you know, one piece of sensitive information in the survey, just leave it blank. We are grateful for the questions that you can answer. When do we officially close this, Evan? This closes in a week on December 15th. All right. And we're also, our whole February session is devoted to the results report for this. And that's also going to be invite only based on filling out the survey. So if you or someone at your company filled it out, we'll include you on the invite. Otherwise, it's it's closed. Yeah, we got it. We, we need the participation. We need the data for it to be of value. So if you want to see the report, you want to get the, the analysis, you or someone on, on your team can complete that survey. That's great. Anything else that I'm forgetting before we go to our um, special case? No, I think that's everything. I tried to drop links in the chat to the magazine, the benchmark report, um, and anyone can just email me about the SL2 experience. Awesome. That's great. Allison, thank you. Paul, thank you. A lot of people are talking about, Sarah said it was super fast. That's great. Appreciate the endorsements on there. We're excited for the data. See how things have shifted year to year. All right, moving on. It is my honor, and I'm going to ask Evan to try to find the pin button so that I can see her on screen. Our guest has formally served in the Air Force, including a role as the International Foreign Liaison to the Secretary of the Air Force at the Pentagon, she has 20 years experience in the life science industry. Today, she's the senior sales training manager of leadership and selling skills at Olympus, Michelle Taylor. Michelle, welcome and big thank you. Hello, everybody. Thank you so much for having me. What an honor. Now, Michelle, you were minding your business yesterday with a very full day, a very full week, maybe even had a little travel going on. When I said, Michelle, we had somebody <laughs> planned for tomorrow who had to cancel I love your emerging leader program. Will you come talk to us about it? And you said, sure, no problem. Let me juggle some things. So from the entire community, thanks for saving this program. Well, you're welcome. I don't know if it'll be saved. That'll We'll see if that happens or not. <laughs> Michelle, you and I recently had a chance to, uh, normally we invite people on after we do a Forbes article. I talked to you in advance of doing the Forbes article. So we kind of flipped it around. And let me ask you, do you want to have just a chat or would you like to share some slides before we chat? I do have my slides that I, for the presentation at, at the recent conference for L10. So okay. let me see if I'm able to uh, be proficient in Zoom. So let's, uh, all right, how's that? I like that. We see those slides. All right. Awesome. Okay. Michelle, let me start here. So not everyone, especially if they're not in the life science industry, they might not be familiar with Olympus. So just set the ground, set, set the context. Who's Olympus? How big, et cetera? Yeah, so Olympus is about a $6 billion organization globally. And people will say that we're like a mom and pop company that is being run globally. 
And we are trying to become a global leader in the med technology space. So we've sold off our camera business and we're really concentrating on the medical aspects. So we have, if anybody has ever had a colonoscopy or an EGD, anywhere you have to go in and look with the camera, Olympus has that division. So urology, ear, nose, and throat, endoscopy in the OR with surgical. Our company has approximately over a thousand sales representatives and managers in the United States. And then, you know, globally, I believe it's around 40,000. I appreciate that. And before you dive in, I want to just encourage everyone, feel free to type questions in the chat and or at the end, just raise your digital hand so you know you want to unmute. Michelle loves questions, so she's going to give us an overview for five or 10 minutes, but then we look forward to to chatting about this. Great. So I'll just, this is the entire presentation, but I'll just bounce on the highlights. And if you guys need to stop or, um, you know, I know, Kevin, you're pretty close to this as well. If you want me to focus on one thing that you feel your audience would be interested in. So this was presented at the recent L10, and we did it around three pillars. We talked about how we set, it, set the direction we led with competencies and also the power of data and how we build the program. So I'll start with setting direction. So it came from core value surveys. We started really wanting to get a pulse of our organization, but also there was a dramatic gap in the way that we were bringing our first line leaders on board. They were getting promoted right from the field with absolutely very little development and just being thrown into it. And we had never as an organization developed our first line leaders. So they really wanted to have an emerging leader program. And so that's how it came to be. There was a pilot and it was before I came on board. So Greg Adamson, as you guys know, is the president of L10 and he's also my direct manager, created this role. So I've been in it two years, but it's a brand new role. And so I took the pilot and we came and developed the second cohort. And why that's important is because we it was during COVID when the pilot was launched and then COVID happened. And so it was a lot of virtual and they were trying to just figure it out, but somebody had to pour the concrete. And then from there, they passed it to us with a survey from the participants in the pilot. And we took that survey and really then wanted to build this second cohort out. So it's high performers based on the nine box. We really wanted to have some diversity. So we made sure that we looked at um, DE&I, we looked at different business units, and we also looked at where in the country so that we could really funnel our pipeline of first-line leaders and not just be so heavy set like in the Northeast where there's a high-density population there. So from that survey, we knew from the pilot that we wanted to take and have it just be managers. We wanted to do a readiness assessment. So baseline to, to I'm just a big believer in data. So where are these folks on their journey, especially knowing that these other managers came in maybe not so ready in the past? We also knew we wanted to take on a hybrid model where we would do virtual, but we would also have some offsites. We wanted to do a robust but simplified objective nomination promote like nomination process. And then we wanted to make sure there was transparency. The pilot cohort, no one knew about it. People just made decisions and put people in. It wasn't highly advertised. 
So we made sure everybody knew about the program. And then to continue to emphasize the exposure to our executives and get them their development tools like situational leadership, but also exposure to our leadership team. So how we built it was we wanted that readiness assessment, executive-led seminars, a corporate immersion program, which actually morphed and, and became this business plan vetting, which I'll talk about, and then access to the training offerings, as well as what we are calling a job shadow rotation that we're doing for four months. So I don't know if you guys have ever seen this before, but I was very new to this L&D space and new in a role coming from promotion as a, a sales representative in my career. So I went to a conference that Kevin was doing a workshop at L10 and I saw this and I knew right away within two months of being in the role that that's what I was looking for. I don't know, call it intuition, but I just embraced this because it was like, these are the themes. These are competencies. We had our corn fairy competencies that we had recently adopted as a global organization. So I said, that's how I'm going to build the program. So I'll stop there. Does anybody have any questions? Yeah, Michelle, I was going to say, and I'm not stopping you just because it's on a slide. That no worries. Our preferred approach. <laughs> you know, it's got, um, but I just want to make sure people are catching it. So this emerging leader program, um, you talked about, and I know Greg used the phrase when I, when I interviewed him, you kind of like, it used to be like buddy to boss, you know, there's just, you're just promoted in. And we know from the Zanger Folkman research, average age that people get promoted into a management position is age 30. The average age you start to receive training is age 35. <laughs> like, oh, wow. You know, five-year gap out there between, you know, you could do a lot of damage in that half a decade. So, you know, part of what drove this from the highest levels at Olympus, right, was like, hey, we need to develop these leaders earlier and, and all of that. And the nomination process was pretty rigorous, right? I mean, the nine box was part of it. You know, how are these our highest performers and have the highest potential? Look at that. Here we go. Covers all four pillars of, of excellence. Look at these um, nomination forms and things. This looks like in my uh, my tax return documents, Michelle. I don't know. It's a little I'm bit gonna... like the military, if I'm not going to lie. Uh, the you Air Force. You, you, you took on the, the Air Force documents. DD form 1617, and it has a regulation <laughs> manual that goes with it and tells you each box and how to fill it out. <laughs> this is the first test. Do you have the courage to complete these documents? You need professional courage. So it was really rigorous. And your class is about how many participants? 20, right? Yes, we, we were going to start with 10 or 12, but after speaking with our president of the organization and talking about what we need strategically in the next three to five years after that meeting, he doubled the amount of folks and wanted to make sure that we had representation from his, each business unit. And I can tell you, Kevin, because I know when you came to this workshop where I presented the work we'd done, you really honed in on this. And I've been thinking about that ever since. If you don't do this correctly, really have a good, objective, rigorous, skin-in-the-game type of nomination process, then your outcomes of the type of product you're going to have, I think, will fall short. And this is just based off of an N of one, right? This is my first cohort. But if you were to pull our cohort as we're about to graduate here in January, they have felt that it has been hard work and time well spent yeah. and they have yeah. grown so much, but we got the right people on the bus through yeah. this yeah. process. Yeah. Now, and Michelle, I want to clarify because for a question, you talked about the size of the organization, but 
about how many, roughly, how many frontline leaders are in the U.S. commercial group that you're part of? So I would say we probably have about 80 frontline, first-line managers in the U.S. And so 20 participants in this program, emerging out of the 80 that are in throughout the country. And after going through this journey, this leadership journey, our president has just approved the next cohort class to be 20 more. So he wants to build a bench and he's actually stated he should have done this a long time ago. It's great. You've got that support. Michelle, I'm going to ignore some chat questions and be selfish. Can you go back to that slide showing the flipped classroom model? So just make sure everyone in this particular approach, there's sort of pre-work, you know, for several weeks some learning, some self-awareness, some self-assessment, application, reflection, and then you go into the live program. But more relevant is, again, this idea that it's a long program, year or more in duration, every month's a different topic, and you're using your competency model to drive the topics. Not everybody does that. That's right. And it's, uh, let me see if I can find where that is too. So also there were essays that they had to write on the competencies and part of their, they're going to have a final I'll have a meeting with them at three o'clock my time. And what I'm going to do is show them these essays that they wrote about two years ago or 15 months ago when they were applying. And as they've gone through this journey, I want them to rewrite the same answer to the competency question to see how far they've come. So this is the cohort. This was the journey roadmap. And then let me just show where we're talking for Everybody can steal that idea. That's a stealable idea that doesn't cost any money. You know, have people write a statement, an essay, a reflection, a selfie video about the program. And then at the end of the program, do it again and you'll be able to read and see and hear the the progress. So to your point, in each month, there's a competency and we meet. And so this we were it's not the first Friday because last Friday I rescheduled, but it'll be this Friday today. We meet once a month for three hours. And no one misses. Everybody comes, cameras on, they do the pre-work, they read about that competency and the competency before they're applying whatever they need to do. And then we bring in a guest speaker. It's usually a second line leader or a director from the organization that, that we think has that strong competency and they teach it. And then we go out and they journal it, they read about it, they talk about it, but then we come back the next month and we assign based on their assessments, their strengths. So if they are, let's say two of them scored very high in strategic mindset, I asked the president of our company to say, which of your executives do you feel has strategic mindset competencies the strongest? And then I match them and they work with them completely autonomously to put together and they lead an interview that executive. So sometimes it's virtual, sometimes it's live if we're at an offsite, that executive comes in and then they're building the competencies of of their communication skills and really working with that executive. And then they they talk through what it means to have strategic mindset, for example. And, and I got to interrupt again, just like, this is what a great stealable idea, right? So it's like, okay, we all have guest speakers come into our programs, but imagine you're inviting, hey, Kevin, we're doing this little training thing for our leaders. But we want you, not just because of your title, but because we think you're really great at psychological safety. And that's the topic. The guest speaker has a theme, a focus, feels great. And then you're using it as a developmental exercise by having the participant manage it, interview the person and everything else. I mean, it really takes that guest to the next level, that part of the program. 
So that's what that looks like. And here's some pictures. So the last one you can see right here, these are all executives. This is over our service. This is over urology. This is the president of our corporate Americas. And this is Michael Minahan, who really showed a strong competencies in instilling trust. And so he's here and the emerging leaders are in the audience and he prepared the executive and they spoke about what it looks like to instill trust. Michelle, I want to um, I want to talk to you about the capstone. But before that, is there any other key points you want to share before we jump to sort of the, the end? I think you're asking, like honing in on, on the right one. So we did have a business plan competition for the whole organization where the teams could win up to $25,000. And there were some ideas that didn't get vetted through. So I approached the person who was doing this and said, how could I get my emerging leaders involved? And he said, oh, there's some low hanging fruit of some ideas that didn't make it through the three stages that our business unit vice presidents feel we should be doing yesterday so let's see if we could partner. So we partnered together and we came up with giving them these ideas around presenting these business plans. And so the picture on the left is a, a, a special executive committee of the Americas came in for one day and we had four teams that took a business plan concept and decided whether or not this idea could go one direction, yes, or another direction, no. And they vetted this business plan. And so they worked with legal, compliance, finance, marketing. They had to do a go-to-market strategy, commercialization. And the amazing thing about this team, this cohort from that rigorous application nomination process is we got feedback that the second line leader development program for the organization that's corporate to prepare like directors and above to be executives, that didn't even match what these territory manager reps came in and vetted in these business ideas in front of all their executives. And we had a QR code that we did. So this is the job shadow program. I think that's pretty key, but we had a QR code and we asked them to fill out questions at the end for feedback for them that was based on the competency. So we were able to roll that data in and give them feedback that's going to help them towards their capstone. So right now they just completed 360s and then we're going to have Via come back in and they're going to get to get a how-to interview for a people leader role. And then they're going to get all of this aggregate data, as well as if they move the dial from their baselines to where they are now, 15 months. I can tell you, Kevin and, and audience, I have no doubt that this organization will see for the first time leaders that are embedded in a fluent language of competencies as leaders. And they've never seen anything like this before. Right. So many of these, this is, I get known as being anti-competency. It's not that I'm anti-competencies. It's that most of the time they're in a binder somewhere gathering dust, right? And so you're actually creating ambassadors and role models for the behaviors. And at next year, it'll be even more as you put more people through it. Who has a question? Michelle, thanks for playing along, by the way, because we move fast on these COPs. Yeah, like, no everything's problem. A mini case. If I can get us back to where I need to be with you all, I don't use Zoom that often. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Who's got questions about the Olympus Emerging Leader Program? I probably missed some in the chat. So if you could retype it or just raise your digital hand, that would be great. Hey, Michelle, I just want to say phenomenal job of being just thinking outside the box and leveraging ways to challenge and develop people that don't cost any money, that doesn't cost money. 
I, mean, yes. I wrote literally about three or four things down. I'm like, thank you, Michelle. Thank you. That's a good one, right? Great ways to actually have some teeth without even spending a dollar. So I just want to say awesome job. Oh, thank you so much. That was a part of it, right? The organic talent that we have. How can we make sure if we're starting out, going from that pilot, I feel really proud. And it was the, it's really the cohort that had to decide if we were going to be successful, right? It really was. And they've leaned in. They've been so engaged and so committed through this whole entire journey. And we went from infancy stage to almost running now, right? And just in from the pilot to the second cohort. So very proud of that. Mike, do you want to um, take yourself off mute? Tell us what organization you're with and hit us with your question. Sure. Thank you, uh, Kevin. My name is Mike Thompson. I'm a regional talent development manager for Hub International, a global insurance brokerage firm. I'm based in Los Angeles. By the way, great presentation, Michelle. Thank you very much. Those of us who've been in uh, L&D long enough know that increasingly we are being asked to provide some level of return on investment or return on learning, particularly if there are ways that we can justify and measure improvement. So the question I had, and, and not into the sort of financial, I think that's just really too complicated, but we are always asked to help our organizations understand the improvement in leadership capabilities or competencies sort of pre and post. So I'm just wondering, for a program like this, how have you or think, how are you thinking about measuring ultimately whether leaders are getting better at these competencies as a result of the program? And how will you, other than sort of anecdotal evidence, how will you objectively know that people ultimately are more effective leaders? Thank you for that, Mike. So we did hire a company to do objective assessments of them at baseline. And we have that data. We got everybody on the leadership team all the way up to the business unit vice president to be a part of each of their members' calls at baseline. And then we talked about the journey. So now here we are. They've done that capstone with all that feedback from that special American Medical Executive Committee on their presentation. And those presentations were cultivating innovation on other people's ideas and seeing if they could take it forward for the organization, you know, communicating effectively, driving. There were so many things collaborating. Did they balance stakeholders? And so we had over 30 executives giving them live feedback through those QR codes that we've now taken. But then also the 360 feedbacks are going to be a big part of it that they're doing right now with 10 different raters. So they're getting feedback from their direct reports as well as nine others. And we're going to compile that data. And then through the quantifiable and qualitative, we're going to sit down with them. But to your point, I think it's super important to show that we've done something with this and we've moved the dial. I do believe we have, but we absolutely do need to also show that data. Let's see, is it Giselle from Constellation? Is it? It's cut off. But yeah, what question do you have? Yes, thank you. Giselle Campbell, Talent and Leaderships Program Manager for Constellation Energy. I actually lead a program that is very similar to this. So I'm taking like a million notes, but I was curious on the nomination process. Maybe I missed it if the essay is part of that nomination process. Yes. We have our business HR business partners from all of our business units provide those nominations, but it is not a smooth process. So I was wondering if you could say what that essay is for and how is it used? Sure. So the nomination forms, because we were coming out of COVID, for example, 
our respiratory division had recently required acquired a new company. So normally you'd say this representative has to have two years of tenure and be a field trainer and have these following, you know, Annie to get into the poker game. We couldn't do that with respiratory because these were all new people coming in that we just bought with less than one year. And so we couldn't put a tenure. So we let each business unit because of COVID customize what their qualifications were for the criteria. But we all knew it had, you had to have nine box. And then what we did was we said, okay, managers, who are your high potentials? You know, if you want to nominate somebody, here's your nomination form. And then they have to write an essay and we gave them like under strategic mindset, we gave them two questions and they either picked one or the other. Another one was driving results. So it was reflection of self, reflection of others. And so they had four choices, but they had to write about two of them. And in that essay, discuss how they demonstrated while they've been in their role and within the organization, how they exercise those competency muscles. And what we did was we set up panels and we had Excel forms. And so everybody came on and we rated the essays and then they put a score of one to five. And then it was a live Excel spreadsheet that then aggregated everything and rolled those numbers up. So we could have and see where people scored. And then the managers presented in the last cohort, the managers presented their candidates. And we also had the managers write an, write an essay on what leadership competency that person exhibits as well. So it had to be a nomination form that we gave, the manager gave to the rep, the rep then turned it in. And then with in partnering with HR, we then looked at those nomination forms with scoring. Sounds like an intricate process. How long would you say more or less that nomination process lasts? From the time we give. So interestingly, I just met with HR this morning because we're going to do the, the, the third cohort nomination, but I built all of this from scratch. So remember the first pilot cohort was just people throwing out names and this is who it's going to be. And there was no way to objectively look at this to that extent. So we now have all the forms done and completed and the process and the Excel spreadsheets have been completed. So it's going to be a lot faster this go around. So I was hired in January and told that I had to have nominations and selections by May 5th. So that's how fast we did this second cohort process. January 17th was my start date. May was our national sales meeting where we announced the 20. So this go around, I think it will only take a couple months. I hope that answers your question. It did. Thank you so much. You're and welcome to steal my forms. I'm happy to share them with you. Please. <laughs> Michelle, I think there's going to be a whole lot of people that would love to get a copy of whatever slides and forms that you're able to share. Uh, that would be got it. really helpful. Evan, I do want to send people into a quick five minutes, so small two or three person group. Michelle, what I'm going to invite you to do is don't join a breakout because I want you to answer the other questions that were asked sure. in the chat. So if you, you can it. hang out here with us and let me share my screen um, one more time briefly. Michelle, that was just phenomenal. I'm buzzing. I know everyone's buzzing. Right so this is a little bit of a jump cut. So you know, <laughs> we do these breakouts. So everyone just gets a chance to make a new friend, make a new contact, make a new LinkedIn buddy. And the question this time, it's not going to be 15 minutes where it's only going to be five minutes so you're going to have one or two other people in your group, but it's about AI. Like if we thought this year was a lot about AI, and many of you saw we were kind of, we broke sort of chat GBT in this group and had some fun with it. 
Obviously, LeadX does a lot of work in that area. Next year will be the year where it's going to be on your teams. You're going to be using it in multiple ways, whether you realize it or not. We want to get ahead of that. We want to be a great resource for you in the COP and in other ways. So in this breakout, it's simple. You know, are you using AI yet on your L&D team? I'm guessing most of you aren't. But if you are, share how you're using it, what you're doing. And then if you could have coffee with an AI in L&D expert, what would you ask them about? If you had unlimited access to someone who really understood how to leverage ChatGBT or AI or any of the new bots in the L&D field, in leadership development, like what would you ask them? What would you want them to talk about or share? Hey, everyone, we only officially have four more minutes in this session, although we're going to hang out a little extra for anyone who wants to hang out and go deeper. Melissa's been busy trying to answer everybody's questions in the in the chat, and she has to get ready for another meeting. So I think we're going to be losing Melissa in a minute here. But first, please, everyone, what did you guys talk about in your quick breakout? Especially if you're using AI right now in any way in on your team, L&D, leadership development, type it in the chat. We all would love to know how are you using it. And if you're not, what questions would you have about it if you could talk to an expert? Coaching feedback, using mm -hmm. AI through Workday and LinkedIn Learning to match people's skills with learning activities. I love that. Oh man, now we're coming. I'm not even going to keep up. ChatGPT is a tool for inspiration. Yeah, that's a great way to use ChatGPT as a coach, as an advisor, academic settings, how to attribute ideation. Tiffany Evans, yes, I use ChatGPT as a thought partner. Potential cost savings, Christy, you want to know if it can save you some money. That's always important. <laughs> Allison, very restic restricted. You're in the financial services industry. You can only use your internal chat. Brainstorm ideas. Katie, that's great. Finding better ways to rephrase. I've been learning from a lot of folks that there's almost like three buckets where you can use ChatGBT or other LLMs as your strategic advisor, getting some advice mm -hmm. and things. You can use it to analyze things. Oh, let's upload these workshop evaluation forms and have it summarize it for us or tell us ways to improve the workshop, things of that nature. So sort of analysis. And then as a content generator, you know, come up with pretty good, you know, self-assessment questions, instruments, agendas. Paul Marciano, many of you know him. He was like teasing me because he told ChatGBT, give me a one-day workshop agenda based on Kevin Cruz's book, Employee Engagement. And he said he just instantly got a workshop on my material that he planned to <laughs> to offer to the world. It was a pretty good work. It was a pretty good agenda. And all of this that's happening in the chat, we're going to capture that, right? We're going to share out these notes. It'll inform our future sessions. And Evan will be sending everyone notes and a link to the video of this for the day. We're on a shorter format today. Dwayne, any final comments before we wish everyone a great weekend and holiday season? Yeah, I guess the, the final thought is just for us to remember that consistency is what transforms average into excellence in everything that we do. So it's the small, gentle touch consistently that allows that average to go to excellence. So let's keep that in mind. Love that, Dwayne. I appreciate it. Michelle, big thanks. You came in with no notice, no familiarity with this group, and we're just like total trust. And uh, hopefully you felt like you were in safe hands. Greg Adamson has his hand up. Didn't mean to. I'm just giving a round of applause. I messed it up. That's right. I we apologize. can go up and down on those hands. That's right. <laughs> Big applause for Michelle. That's great. 
Michelle, thanks for hanging out. I know you, you've got your workshop prep to go. We're going to wish you all a great holiday season. See you in January. Don't forget to fill out that benchmark, especially if you want to get the benchmark results. And thanks, Evan, for all the hard work in the magazine. Look for the magazine in the mail. I don't know, Evan, we're out, right? I'm going to say here, but we're officially out. Thanks, everyone. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of the Culture Code Podcast. Are you looking to build, refine, or revamp a training program? We team up with companies like Northwestern Mutual, Cineos Health, and Duck Creek Technologies to roll out highly engaging training series for emerging leaders, new managers, women in leadership, high potential managers, sales enablement, and more. Check it out at leadx.org. What makes these series so uniquely engaging? We help you build a full system of development that leverages our cutting-edge platform and world-class training. We blend together world-class cohort-based virtual training and group coaching, personalized nudges, micro-learning, and on-demand office-hour-style coaching. Go check it out at leadx.org. Thank you.